This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's up, practitioners? Hey, hey, hey. We still need to make a shirt. <laughs> we got to get to the... We got to get to the... The necessary threshold. We got to get to a thousand downloads a month. So that means we're close. Share. We're close. Yeah. If you want, if you want our podcast to begin launching merch. Yeah. Share, 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 share. We're getting close. Hopefully, our trajectory and our goal is to get to a thousand downloads per month by Easter. Yeah. And it looks like it's achievable, but you guys got to keep doing what you're doing. That's right. And specifically, YouTube people, I'm looking at you right now because you can see me. You can see my face. Share, hit that share button right now. Do it. Oh yeah, it's easy for you. Send it. Send an email. Send a text. Do the thing. You know what to do. Post do it, it to Facebook. You can post it to Facebook. You can send it through Snapchat. You can even post it to LinkedIn. You can post. That is the coolest thing. You can post it to LinkedIn. If you've got a LinkedIn, share it with all your professional friends. <laughs> That's right. That's all right. right. So we've been talking about the Enneagram. Absolutely. And it's been great. Yep. Um, we talked about the four last week. We're talking yep. We're talking about the five this week. Yep. Um, so much fun. I actually have a five wing. Okay. Um, I don't think I have a strong five wing, but I do know for a fact that I have one. Um, because something that um, Ian talks about in The Road Back to You is that you have like a... Um, a social battery. Mm. And once your social battery drains, you're done. Yeah. That's a four too. Yeah. Um, and that is totally me. Yeah. I, I only have so much social interaction in me and then I need to retreat like a hermit. He actually talks about fives as hermits to, yeah. the, to your hermit cave. Right. Right. Um, I do that. I do that. You just coop yourself up in your room and play Assassin's Creed or something? No. You lying. <laughs> I actually do. Um, that's that's my thing. Um, so, okay. But we've been using Saturate the World a lot to talk Love about it. fives. It's gold. So let's let's start with just setting the stage with what type of person a five is. Yeah. Some famous fives. Love this it. is always fun. Nicodemus. Hmm. St. Thomas Aquinas, Charles Darwin, oh. Rene Descartes, okay. T.S. Eliot, Albert Einstein, Sir Isaac Newton, hey. Bill Gates, Stephen Hawking, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, George Lucas, and Tim Burton. Yeah, so um, Ian and um, Susan, Suzanne, Suzanne have both Stephen Hawking and Bill Gates as well, but they also have Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, that that actually is that I actually agree with that. Yeah, it makes sense. That dude wrote so you can't write as much as he did and not be a five. Yeah, um, I guess you could be a three, but oh, we never gave the name of the five. They're the investigator. Yeah, so. Um, some people call him the investigator. Others call him the researcher. Yeah. Um, Saturate the World actually calls them the wise person. I don't know if I like that. Um, 
Yeah, we haven't been using all their names because, yeah, theirs are all different because the three is called the effective person, the four is called the original person, and the five is called the wise person. I don't like that. So we haven't been using all their names. But as we know, things that are tied to a five are perceptive, mm-hmm. detached, informed, and introverted. Yeah, Essentially, so something that um, Ian talks about is specifically fives prefer to observe life rather than to participate in life. Yeah, they want to pursue knowledge um, for the purpose of being equipped. Yeah, yeah. there there was a, a famous sociologist. Um, I'm not going to bore you with his name because you're going to forget in three minutes anyways. Um, he, he would go to dinner parties and sit in the corner he would be invited to a dinner party and sit in the corner with a notebook and a pencil and take notes and just watch that is a five quality yeah just that's an extreme five quality but that's what that is yeah they they tend to see the world in a very intellectual way it's reason knowledge learning um yeah it's um the five is an information gathering creature. Yeah. Ooh. So he kind of uses Sherlock Holmes a little bit. I forgot so about I was, this. I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna say this. Sherlock is an interesting thing. Number one, he's a fictional character, mm-hmm. so that makes it a bit weird. He, but, but he's also a character born out of modernity. Yeah. But he's which, also super fleshed out as well. Well, but but I think the actually the being born out of modernity is helpful because knowledge because. Modernity was rooted in an ascent for knowledge and reason. Yeah, there's a quote here from one of the books. I cannot live without brain work. What else is there to live for? Yeah. That's such a five thing to say. Yeah, so interestingly enough, and I'd love to know what Ian has to say about it, but their, their besetting sin or their deadly sin mm-hmm. It's actually greed. Let me find that real quick. Um, we're not as organized tonight. It's not It's not a monetary greed. This is from Saturate the World. It's not monetary greed. Rather, it is the lack of ability to be open and generous with oneself. Five's mm. defense mechanism is to hide inside their wealth of knowledge and live inside their minds. Fives are afraid of their feelings, so they hide in their thoughts. Afraid of being vulnerable and known. So they withhold their true selves. Ooh. That's good. Unhealthy five, just thinking about it, right? An unhealthy five would tend to be argumentative or combated because of those same things. Yeah. Um, so Ian and Suzanne talk say that the five's deadly sin is of vars. Or I don't actually know what that word means. I've never seen that word before except for in this book. So I'm going to look it up real quick. Um, oh, no, it means greed. Yeah. Okay. Like okay. they're all they're all the same. I just don't. I, okay. That's a weird, maybe a weird way to say it. But that is a very weird way to say it. But no, it's greed. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. Um, so, yeah, here, here we go. This is good. Um, so they use that weird A word again, but then but it means greed. So 
Greed also expresses itself in the five's excessive desire for acquiring knowledge, information, ideas, conceptual models, expertise, interesting facts, and understanding for how things work. Hmm. Interesting. Just very inquisitive people. Yeah. So these are these are the people almost like you that collect degrees just to have them. Yeah, my why for collecting them is a little bit different, but because <laughs> my why their their underlying emotion or the thing that they're reacting against is fear. Yeah, they're in the fear triad. Yeah, so a little, little bit different why, but yeah. So now. Good things about a five. They're very knowledgeable. Yeah. They, that's a resource that's worth having. Yeah. Right? Um, God created fives to express his image uniquely to the world. Uh, just like a five, God is ever fascinated with the world he has made. He never, he's never bored. I mean, like, they're, they're just, they want to know the world. Yeah, um, so Ian says that healthy fives have a long view of things. They manage an appropriate balance between participation and observation, engaging with others comfortably and demonstrating true neutrality, right? Yeah. Um, they're engaged, right? And they have such depth of knowledge that these are the that healthy fives are people that you can go to and say, hey, I need help with X, and they will probably have some sort of knowledge to help you. Or at least a resource to point you to. Yeah. yeah. Now, flip side of that, weakness of a five, because their underlying emotion is fear, the world they're trying to understand is also the world they're afraid of. Yeah. So, um, and because of that, kind of links to what Ian talks about here, they don't want to depend on anyone else. Right. That's why they're an introvert. Yeah. They don't want to feel um, connected because people let you down. And that is something that I connect with. Yeah. Um, personally. All right. So spiritual practices of it. a five. Downstream practices. The one that's the ones that are easy. Bible study. Now. Nah. <laughs> Can't get any more simple than that. I've got one to add, though. What? Listening to Practicing Presence <laughs> and Pines and Perspectives. I was going to say, maybe more listening to A Closer Look and Pines and Perspectives. Yeah. I mean, there's still knowledge to be gained here. Oh, there is, but that's not necessarily the same kind of knowledge that a five is going for. No. Um, so, yeah, Bible study, searching deep down into, uh, and maybe, right, we might say that anyone studies the Bible that's a Christian. Yeah. But fives, it's it's something more. They're the people that they're going to be looking for motifs and patterns. They're going to be outlining whole books. They're going to be looking for the concise, consistent narrative of the biblical story. Yeah. Um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be looking at both macro and micro levels. They they might be the the person that's not a pastor and taught themselves Greek or Hebrew, right? I mean, they they are that type of researcher that does Bible study at a deeper level than maybe just reading Psalm, the Psalms for spiritual formation or something like that. Like yeah. this is deep, intense study. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 
And then also very befitting of a five, read some books. Yeah. Read some books about spirituality, about faith, about the Bible. The, these are the same people that might also have just like random commentaries laying around <laughs> that they use aligned with their Bible study. Or they're the people that might have like books by N.T. Wright laying around. Not as popular stuff, but as like more academic stuff. They might, you know, they might have Jesus and the victory of God or uh, the New Testament, the people of God or the resurrection and life or, you know, Paul, they, you know, they, they might have not Paul in a new perspective because that one's shorter and condensed. The five would be more interested. Paul in and the whole. faithfulness of God yeah. is, is the one in the Christian origin series, the, the kind of big massive volume yeah. or, or five volume or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of, things that a five might do. They might yeah. might be super interested in, in those kinds of things. But as we all know, we have practices that come easy to us. Yeah. We have practices that don't come easy to us, but they're practices that we need because they cut against the lies that we think we need to believe. Yeah. Right? And so for a five, I love this. I'm going to read all of this one because I think it's, it's really well done. Upstream practice, number one for a five, sharing. Mm. Fives prefer to remain inside their heads and withhold themselves. A practice that will challenge this is generosity. Fives need to carve out space in their schedules to intentionally share themselves with others. They must learn to share what they know, especially the gospel, mm. but also how they feel. This takes time and practice, but will be transformative for fives. Mm. Ooh, that's good. Um, ooh, that's good. I think, look, at, as a five, you're so introverted. In your you're so introspective. Yeah. That the ability to pursue sharing. Yeah. And I love that the saturate the world combines sharing and generosity together. Because it's the same thing. Well, yeah, but we don't typically think about them the same, right? No. Generosity is more associated with, you know, benevolence or magnanimity. It's not necessarily tied to sharing as much as sharing is an emotional experience, right? Uh, I tell my kids all the time, hey, share Ezra, share with your brother. Eli, share with Ezra, right? And it's it is a moment of generosity, but... It's not it's not necessarily benevolence, right? They're not giving it up forever. Yeah. Right? But truth be told, as a five, their wealth of knowledge to share anything yeah. is somewhat giving it up forever because it's not something that they get to hold for themselves anymore. Mm -hmm. They've given it. They've allowed someone else to partake in it. Um as I don't, I, I'm a three. It's impossible for me to have a five wing. It's, I mean, I just, a five is not anywhere on my kind of spectrum. But as someone who is a researcher, not by nature, but uh, because I'm required to be, I've got several things. I've, I've won um, published volume. I've, I've worked on a lot of different projects, writing projects. 
And when you start working on a project, you can't let anyone else in. Yeah. You can't let anyone know because the minute that they know, there's potential that they could steal it. And so I can see as a five where the world you're trying to understand is also the world you're afraid of that, that fear of letting someone in or, or sharing with someone would be really central because mm. right. This is the thing I'm researching. I can't let anyone in on this cause they might steal it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so if you're a five, that's a great upstream practice for you is sharing your knowledge. And maybe maybe it's not going to be easy to jump into. No. But maybe start with a few people you really trust. Maybe start with one person. Yeah, and, and try to grow that relationship yeah. and, and expand your network of people that you feel comfortable sharing with so you get to a point where you can kind of train yourself to share freely. Not that it will ever become natural to you. Yeah. But you get to a point where you can be, where you have the availability to share. I think we do have to be careful with talking about it that way, though. Um, yes, we want you as fives to share your knowledge because you have so much to give. Um, but something that me and Cullen both know very well as academics is that when you start sharing, there's a time and a place for people that they want you to stop. <laughs> That's true. Um, you can over talk a subject. Really don't think that would be a five though. No, but like that's typically an extroverted type of person. Not always that feels empowered by some headline they read from Babylon B or Remember, something. I'm like, a I'm a five wing. Right? I'm I'm very introverted in that way. Um, but when I'm with people that I trust. Um, that's fair. Maybe in a comfort zone, in my own comfort zone, I can talk a lot about one topic. You get me talking about mixology, dude, I'll talk forever. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's a fair point. Maybe in, maybe in a controlled environment where you're comfortable, you could over, over share. Yeah. But, uh, I think that's the exception. I don't know if that's always going to be true. Yeah. Um, but for some people, I think it would be. So just be careful with Maybe that. Maybe so. The last upstream practice that Saturate the World recommends for a five is serving. Because fives are so prone to secrecy and introversion and introspection. Mm. The getting outside of oneself in order to serve another and connect in relationship. Very valuable to a five because it cuts against, right? In order to serve the world that I'm afraid of, I've got to be in the world that I'm afraid of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's not an easy thing. Like, don't don't hear that as being an easy thing. Um, I've heard you preach a sermon on something very similar, though. Like, stepping, you? you have to step out of your comfort zone to grow and to make change in the world. Yeah. That wasn't here at Wellhouse. That was at a previous church, but... Yeah. Do you remember the text on that? I don't remember the text. I don't remember the text on that. 
That was a oh, that'll preach. It was a good one. I need to I need to, I need to go back in some of that old archive and see what I can pull <laughs> out. That's um that's when Jesus walks on water and he calls Peter out of the boat. Oh yeah, it was. In order yeah. to experience something miraculous, you gotta get your butt out of the boat. Yeah. Gotta get a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, you gotta get uncomfortable to make change in the world. And Oh no, no, no. It That's wasn't. not the same story. You're talking about a different story. That's one of my favorite stories that I tell. I tell the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 from the Gospel of John. Because in John chapter 6, that's the only part of uh, that, that story is told in all four Gospels. That's the only one that tells us where we get the fish and loaves from. Mm. It's from a little boy. And I make you get yourself in the perspective of the little boy. What's it like to give everything you have to get uncomfortable, to see change in the world? And I interweave that story. Oh, it's gold. Interweave that story with Rosa Parks. Yes. I remember. Willing to give up everything to not give up her seat Mm. and experience change in the world. Boy, that'll preach. Oh, I'm going to have to bring that one back. Yeah. That's gold. Um, fives. That's something you need to take with you. Yeah. Everyone, you need yeah. to take that with you, but specifically fives. If you hadn't figured it out, I love telling stories where I can interweave social issues, biblical narrative, and a historical figure. Mm. Historical figures that did social, that caused social change. Oh, yeah, I'm um, not going to tell a, well, I don't know, I say that, watch. As soon as I say this, God's going to give me some, like, crazy kind of thing. But <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to do a sermon where I interweave, you know, Norman Rockefeller. But <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. Next Sunday's story is going to be about <laughs> Norman Rockefeller. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> um, yeah, so... All right, tell my fives out there. The gospel fives need to believe. Because of Jesus, I do not have to protect myself from intrusion and letting myself be known. The gospel tells me that Jesus has broken into my world and invaded me. This is good news because it means that Jesus knows the real me and he loves the real me. I no longer have to live a compartmentalized life of strategic self-protection. The Spirit of God has given me the only knowledge I need to feel safe, a saving knowledge of the truth.